Welcome to Media Storm, a news podcast that starts with the people who are normally asked last. I'm Matilda Mallinson. And I'm Helena Wadia. And we're back with some bonus content for our loyal listeners. First of all, I'd like to thank Tilda and the Media Storm platform for giving me this extra space to give you a bit of bonus advice about what you can do as listeners and what I can do as an individual. Last week, we looked at the ableism common in UK workspaces and lack of legal recourse for those affected. So this week, we asked our sources whether listeners could help make it a little bit better. Dozens of parents have complained to the BBC that a disabled television presenter is scaring their children. No underlying health conditions. Underlying health conditions. Other health conditions. The elderly and people with underlying health conditions. People with congenital disabilities are facing extinction. You'll be hearing from a number of people with lived experience. Roxanne Steele, equity consultant. Maria Kalinowska, photographer and disability rights activist. Alana Richards, marketing director. Izzy Jani Friend, journalist. And Emma Vogelman, lead policy advisor for the charity Scope. Firstly, to employers. What do you think that employers could do better? Something that would be really beneficial is regular check-ins about how you're feeling, how you're doing, what can you take on, what do you want. Let them know they are still very much valued and they are not a worse employee just because they're ill. That would go a long way, both productivity, but also like for mental health and feeling valued as an employee. And then therefore wanting to, you know, give more to the company and be loyal to that company because you feel like you're making difference in the company instead of just being a burden. Employers need to understand what accessibility is. It's more than just the visible, reasonable adjustments for physical disabilities and ailments, like lowering a step for a wheelchair user. Accessibility runs through so many more things. There's digital accessibility, there's accessibility in terms of mental health. Any system that is in place or any body that's put together needs to have disabled people at its core. You need to have disabled people in decision-making positions because we're the experts. No matter what system is put in place, you need to make sure that a disabled person is on that panel or on that board saying, no, actually, this is a really common request that is made. There's this wonderful expression, nothing for us without us. Not excluding your disabled colleagues. I think that's a big one, just from social situations, but also just like everyday work meetings. Don't assume someone doesn't want to join, doesn't want to do a task because they're disabled. Have that conversation first. People need to realize that measures for disabled people will benefit everybody, will benefit the whole team. Anybody can become disabled at any point. There might already be staff in your workforce that are disabled that haven't disclosed it because they're worried about the repercussions or what if the way they'd be treated change it will create an environment where they feel accepted every single person has accessibility needs in order for someone who is healthy to walk through a door it needs a handle for them to open that door right that's an accessibility need but it's needed by everyone so we don't question it those needs are met by society most people need a remote control to turn on the tv instead of standing up walking over to the tv and turning the television on why 
it's easier that remote control is there to meet an accessibility need. Yet we all use remote controls. Um, text messages were invented to meet an accessibility need for people with hearing impairments. We've all learned from the pandemic that it's actually possible to work from home and it's possible to have flexible working hours. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're gonna lose productivity. In fact, I can guarantee that my productivity went up as soon as I was able to work from home because I was able to do things in a way that made me comfortable and that didn't make me have a flare up. I owned a business. If I realized that I'd made a mistake, I wouldn't get defensive. I would see it as a learning opportunity and a way to be a better employer. Realizing that your little bubble of reality is so small and can be so much bigger if you just open your mind to other people's ways of doing things and wants and needs. Okay, so for fellow employees, your colleagues, what do you think that people could do to make their colleagues with different health needs feel like a valued part of the company to be accommodating? The biggest one is, I think, amplify your the voices of your disabled and chronically ill employees. If you can see that they're being sidelined, say something. I know it's scary, but it's a lot scarier for us than it would be for you. We need able-bodied people to also help advocate for disabled and chronically ill people because at the end of the day, it's exhausting. It's really important after listening to this podcast, you take time to reflect, use these stories, share and amplify them. Think about what you can do to learn, especially with friends in a non-judgmental space. Start discussions around what we think. Do things like a book club. Find what works for you. Are you a reader? Are you a listener? Are you a doer? Is there something you could do out in the community? This is just like a blanket thing for colleagues but also just anyone please if you know someone has a disability and is chronically ill do not ask the question are you better yet it's something that I used to get from my colleagues a lot just the question of like oh are you feeling better yet like no I'm back at work because I need the money it doesn't mean I'm feeling better and then it kind of puts you in the corner of having to put on this brave face at work reflect my language around my disability or my pronouns so do I identify as a disabled person a person with a disability or even a spoonie when talking to me or about me and actually it's absolutely fine not to know I don't know everything about disabled woman or even my own experiences just ask i think a lot of disabled people and chronically ill people don't feel heard if you ask questions of how it is like for them and try and understand that will also do a really long way on making that person feel included in the workplace and making them feel like their work matters you've been amazing and thank you in advance for helping disabled people remove barriers and build a more inclusive society Thank you for listening and for wrapping up season one of Media Storm with me, Matilda Mallinson, and my co-host, Helena Wadia. 
We'll be back for a new season in the summer. Until then, follow MediaStorm wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get access to new episodes as soon as they drop. If you like what you hear, share this episode with someone and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps more people discover the podcast and our aim is to have as many people as possible hear these voices. You can also follow us on social media at Matilda Mal, at Helena Wadia and follow the show via at MediaStormPod. Get in touch and let us know what you'd like us to cover and who you'd like us to speak to. MediaStorm, a new podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist is part of the ACAST Creator Network. It is produced by Tom Selinski and Deborah Francis-White. The music is by Samphire. Just before you go, make sure you haven't missed any of this season's episodes. Here are some of the highlights. If you tell somebody their whole life that you're no good, what happens is they believe it. It is disgusting the way they treat people. He said, and I quote, I was fat. All they tell me is what's wrong with me. I don't know any different. So they wheeled me out in my wheelchair. I was just left there to die. Become abusive yourself. Needles were being pushed in like more roughly. I was being handled more roughly. He said that I got myself into this because I opened my legs. I kicked <laughs> off like a wild animal because they put me in the shower, six of them, cold shower, washing me, scrubbing me because I was dirty. The MRI scanners aren't big enough for overweight people. I've struggled to get officers to speak on the record about what goes on in prison. We're literally not allowed to. Advocates do not need to be a voice for the voiceless. We are empowered. We are Stop magic. Stop censoring people. I would love to know why the media asks the CEOs of a homeless charity anything about homelessness. I feel really um, invisible. Is the media reporting on or creating the crisis? Plot twist. <laughs> it's not, I don't wait for the mainstream media to do anything. Drug-like. Criminals. That. Crazy. The homeless. Hear our stories. We are the ones who have lived this. Our lived experience is leadership. We are the experts. It's really simple. Just, just present both sides of the story.